Section 5 of Old Granny Fox by Thornton W. Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jude Summers. Section 5. Granny Fox Admits Growing Old, Three Vain and Foolish Wishes, and Ready is Made Truly Happy. Chapter 13. Granny Fox Admits Growing Old. Who will not admit he is older each day fools no one but himself. Old Granny Fox is a spry old lady for her age. If you don't believe it, just try to catch her. But spry as she is, she isn't as spry as she used to be. No, sir, Granny Fox isn't as spry as she used to be. The truth is, Granny is getting old. She would never admit it, and Reddy never had realized it until the day after the great storm. All that night they had hunted in vain for something to eat, and at daylight had crept into their house to rest a while before starting on another hunt. They had neither the strength nor the courage to search any longer then. Wading through snow is very hard work at best, and very tiresome. But when your stomach has been empty for so long that you almost begin to wonder what food tastes like, it becomes harder work still. You see, it is food that makes strength, and lack of food takes away strength. This is why Granny and Reddy just had to rest. Hungry as they were, they had to give up for a while. Reddy flung himself down, and if ever there was a discouraged young fox, he was that one. I wish I were dead, he moaned. Tut, 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 said Granny Fox sharply. That's no way for a young fox to talk. I'm ashamed of you. I am indeed. Then she added more kindly, I know just how you feel. Just try to forget your empty stomach and rest a while. We have had a tiresome, disappointing, discouraging night. But when you are rested, things will not look quite so bad. You know the old saying, Never a road so long is there, but it reaches a turn at last. Never a cloud that gathers swift, but disappears as fast. You think you couldn't possibly feel any worse than you do right now, but you could. Many a time I have had to go hungry longer than this. After we have rested a while, we will go over to the old pasture. Perhaps we will have better luck there. So Reddy tried to forget the emptiness of his stomach and actually had a nap, for he was very, very tired. When he awoke, he felt better. Well, Granny, said he, let's start for the old pasture. The snow has crusted over, and we won't find it such hard going as it was last night. Granny arose and followed Reddy out to the doorstep. She walked stiffly. The truth is, she ached in every one of her old bones. At least, that is the way it seemed to her. She looked towards the old pasture. It seemed very far away. She sighed wearily. I don't believe I'll go, Reddy, said she. You run along, and luck go with you. Reddy turned and stared at Granny suspiciously. You know his is a very suspicious nature. Could it be that Granny had some secret plan of her own to get a meal, and wanted to get rid of him? What's the matter with you? he demanded roughly. 
It was you who proposed going over to the old pasture. Granny smiled. It was a sad sort of smile. She is wonderfully sharp and smart, is Granny Fox, and she knew what was in Reddy's mind as well as if he had told her. Old bones don't rest and recover as quickly as young bones, and I just don't feel equal to going over there now, said she. The truth is, Reddy, I am growing old. I am going to stay right here and rest. Perhaps then I'll feel able to go hunting tonight. You trot along now, and if you get more than a stomachful, just remember old Granny and bring her a bite. There was something in the way Granny spoke that told Reddy she was speaking the truth. It was the very first time she had ever admitted that she was growing old and was no longer the equal of any fox. Never before had he noticed how gray she had grown. Reddy felt a kind of shame creep over him, shame that he had suspected Granny of playing a sharp trick. And this little feeling of shame was followed instantly by a splendid thought. He would go out and find food of some kind, and he would bring it straight back to Granny. He had been taken care of by Granny when he was little, and now he would repay Granny for all she had done for him by taking care of her in her old age. "'Go back in the house and lie down, Granny,' said he kindly. "'I am going to get something, and whatever it may be, you shall have your share.' With this he trotted off towards the old pasture, and somehow he didn't mind the ache in his stomach as he had before. Chapter 14 Three Vain and Foolish Wishes There's nothing so foolishly silly and vain as to wish for a thing you can never attain. We all know that, yet most of us are just foolish enough to make such a wish now and then. I guess you have done it. I know I have. Peter Rabbit has done it often, and then laughed at himself afterwards. I suspect that even shrewd, clever old Granny Fox has been guilty of it more than once. So it is not surprising that Reddy Fox, terribly hungry as he was, should do a little foolish wishing. When he left home to go to the old pasture, in the hope that he would be able to find something to eat there, he started off bravely. It was cold, very cold indeed, but his fur coat kept him warm as long as he was moving. The green meadows were glistening white with snow. All the world, at least all that part of it with which Reddy was acquainted, was white. It was beautiful, very beautiful, as millions of sparkles flashed in the sun. But Reddy had no thought for beauty. The only thought he had room for was to get something to put in the empty stomachs of himself and Granny Fox. Jack Frost had hardened the snow, so that Reddy no longer had to wade through it. He could run on the crust now without breaking through. This made it much easier, so he trotted along swiftly. He had intended to go straight to the old pasture, but there suddenly popped into his head a memory of the shelter down in a far corner of the old orchard which Farmer Brown's boy had built for Bob White. Probably the Bob White family were there now, and he might surprise them. He would go there first. Reddy stopped and looked carefully to make sure that Farmer Brown's boy and Bowser the Hound were nowhere in sight. 
Then he ran swiftly towards the old orchard. Just as he entered it, he heard a merry voice just over his head. Dee, 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 dee. Reddy stopped and looked up. There was Tommy Tit the chickadee, clinging tightly to a big piece of fresh suet tied fast to a branch of a tree, and Tommy was stuffing himself. Reddy sat down right underneath that suet and looked up longingly. The sight of it made his mouth water so that it was almost more than he could stand. He jumped once. He jumped twice. He jumped three times. But all his jumping was in vain. That suet was beyond his reach. There was no possible way of reaching it, save by flying or climbing. Reddy's tongue hung out of his mouth with longing. "'I wish I could climb,' said Reddy. But he couldn't climb, and all the wishing in the world wouldn't enable him to, as he very well knew. So, after a little, he started on. As he drew near the far corner of the old orchard, he saw Bob White and Mrs. Bob and all the young Bobs picking up grain, which Farmer Brown's boy had scattered for them, just in front of the shelter he had built for them. Reddy crouched down, and very slowly, an inch at a time, he crept forward, his eyes shining with eagerness. Just as he was almost within springing distance, Bob White gave a signal, and away flew the Bob Whites to the safety of a hemlock tree on the edge of the green forest. Tears of rage and disappointment welled up in Reddy's eyes. I wish I could fly, he muttered, as he watched the brown birds disappear in the big hemlock tree. This was quite as foolish a wish as the other, so Reddy trotted on and decided to go down past the smiling pool. When he got there, he found it, as he expected, frozen over. But just where the laughing brook joins it, there was a little place where there was open water. Billy Mink was on the ice at its edge, and just as Reddy got there, Billy dived in. A minute later, he climbed out with a fish in his mouth. "'Give me a bite,' begged Reddy. "'Catch your own fish,' retorted Billy Mink. "'I have to work hard enough for what I get as it is.' Reddy was afraid to go on the ice where Billy was, so he sat and watched him eat that fine fish. Then Billy dived into the water again and disappeared. Reddy waited a long time, but Billy did not return. "'I wish I could dive,' gulped Reddy thinking of the fine fish somewhere under the ice. And this wish was quite as foolish as the other wishes. Chapter 15 Reddy Fights a Battle "'Tis not the foes that are without, but those that are within, that give us battles that we find the hardest are to win. After the last of his three foolish wishes, Reddy Fox left the Smiling Pool and headed straight for the old orchard for which he had started in the first place. He wished now that he had gone straight there. Then he wouldn't have seen the suet tied out of reach to the branch of a tree in the old orchard. He wouldn't have seen the Bob Whites fly away to safety just as he felt almost sure of catching one. He wouldn't have seen Billy Mink bring a fine fish out of the water and eat it right before him. It is bad enough to be starving with no food in sight, but to be as hungry as Reddy Fox was, and to see food just out of reach, to smell it, 
and not be able to get it is, well, it is more than most folks can stand patiently. So Reddy Fox was grumbling to himself as he hurried to the old pasture, and his heart was very bitter. It seemed to him that everything was against him. His neighbors had food, but he had none, not so much as a crumb. It was unfair. Old Mother Nature was unjust. If he could climb, he could get food. If he could fly, he could get food. If he could dive, he could get food. But he could neither climb, fly, nor dive. He didn't stop to think that Old Mother Nature had given him some of the sharpest wits in all the green forest, or on all the green meadows, that she had given him a wonderful nose, that she had given him the keenest of ears, that she had given him speed excelled by few. He forgot these things, and was so busy thinking bitterly of the things he didn't have, that he forgot to use his wits and nose and ears when he reached the old pasture. The result was that he trotted right past old Jed Thumper, the big gray rabbit, who was sitting behind a little bush holding his breath. The minute old Jed saw that Reddy was safely past, he started for his bull-briar castle as fast as he could. It was not until then that Reddy discovered him. Of course, Reddy started after him, and this time he made good use of his speed. But he was too late. Old Jed Thumper reached his castle with Reddy two jumps behind him. Reddy knew now that there was no chance to catch Old Jed that day, and for a few minutes he felt more bitter than ever. Then, all in a flash, Reddy Fox became the shrewd, clever fellow that he really is. He grinned. It's of no use to try to fill an empty stomach on wishes, said he. If I had come straight here and minded my own business, I'd have caught old Jed Thumper. Now, I'm going to get some food, and I'm not going home until I do. Very wisely, Reddy put all unpleasant thoughts out of his head and settled down to using his wits and his eyes and his ears and his nose for all they were worth, as old Mother Nature had intended he should. All through the old pasture he hunted, taking care not to miss a single place where there was the least chance of finding food. But it was all in vain. Reddy gulped down his disappointment. Now for the big river, said he, and started off bravely. When he reached the edge of the big river, he hurried along the bank until he reached a place where the water seldom freezes. As he had hoped, he found that it was not frozen at all. It looked so black and cold that it made him shiver just to see it. Back and forth, with his nose to the ground, he ran. Suddenly he stopped and sniffed. Then he sniffed again. Then he followed his nose straight to the very edge of the big river. There, floating in the black water, was a dead fish. By wading in, he could get it. Reddy shivered at the touch of the cold water, but what were wet feet compared with such an empty stomach as his? In a minute he had that fish and was back on the shore. It wasn't a very big fish, but it would stop the ache in his stomach until he could get something more. With a sigh of pure happiness, he sank his teeth into it, and then, well, then he remembered poor old Granny Fox. Reddy swallowed a mouthful and tried to forget Granny, 
but he couldn't. He swallowed another mouthful. Poor old Granny was back there at home, as hungry as he was, and too stiff and tired to hunt. Reddy choked. Then he began a battle with himself. His stomach demanded that fish. If he ate it, no one would be the wiser. But Granny needed it even more than he did. For a long time, Reddy fought with himself. In the end, he picked up the fish and started for home. End of Section 5